When fishes flew and forests walked and figs grew upon thorn, some moment when the moon was blood, then surely I was born. With monstrous head and sickening cry and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody on all four-footed things, the tattered outlaw of the earth, of ancient crooked will, starve, scourge, deride me, I am dumb, I will keep my secret still. Fools, for I also had my hour, one far fierce hour and sweet. There was a shout about my ears and palms before my feet. The donkey by G.K. <laughs> Chesterton. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought we were talking about some angel of death. <laughs> it's a Halloween poem, I thought. <laughs> Welcome to Book Fair. A feast for every season of reading. We are a growing community of curious readers who share the excitement of books. We want to read together and feast together through the seasons of the year and the seasons of our lives. And we hope you join us. Okay, so today, poetry. I was a closet poetry lover for a long time because I thought if I said it out loud people would be like oh my word that's so bougie that's so dumb that's so frilly that's so all these adjectives that I didn't want to identify with uh-huh but now I'm like I don't care what you people say <laughs> <laughs> so You're coming out of the poetry closet yes <laughs> I don't know why I would even care that's not really my mo to care but tell me do you guys like poetry Yes, I do. Enthusiastically stated. Of, yeah, I'm kind of newer to the game. Okay. But I've been developing an appreciation for it recently. I I mean, I do like it. I, I want to like it more. I want to find a way to like it more. Whenever books quote, like whenever someone in a book quotes a poem... I'm always like, that is so wonderful. The like, moment to have seems so that perfect. Poetry on your fingertips, you know, like whenever someone has something that's really appropriate to the moment, I just think it's so beautiful and neat. But I do not incorporate it into my daily life or my reading life, really. Mm-hmm. I, for the last like three or four years, I have made it a goal to read one book of poetry in the year. Let's you sit down ahead. and read it straight through? Well, no, I usually just. Find the one I'm going to do and then put it out and then... Yeah, come back to it in yeah, and out. Yeah, okay. just kind of go in and out. But honestly, there were a couple of years where it was like the middle of December and I was like... Okay, gotta get this poetry down. I gotta reading the poetry book. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, doing it wrong. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out That's there. That's what I'm saying. I, I need help. I need help on the poetry game. So... I'm here to learn today. So I feel like in the years when I didn't quite want to admit that when I would pick up a poetry book, it would hit something different for me. I was really, really, really that friend that would overanalyze song lyrics <laughs> because that is poetry, uh-huh. yep. you know, and I would be like, I just want to have coffee with John Mayer so bad because I'm not like, what did this mean? And, you know, everybody else had a crush on John Mayer. And so I wanted to like really talk about it. <laughs> and so I think it was one day I just was like, this is all the same thing. I need to just do whatever I want to do in my life and read poetry. <laughs> That's such a silly thing to feel like you don't want to tell somebody about. But I feel like poetry always has this like flowery kind of 
connotation or thought process that that people associate it with. Like it's spring and flowers and birds. But I'm a super big fan of like angry political poetry and spoken word poetry that addresses culture and poetry about times that I didn't live in at all. I don't know. I just think it's a different way to present an idea. And I can never read it right the first time. Because the rhythm matters so much. Yeah. Do you read it aloud or in your head, Amanda? Both. But well, it, it always goes better when I read it aloud. Yeah. Because I can get the feel of the the meter and rhythm better that way. I can't way. figure out how it's supposed to sound in my head half the time. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm out the hot. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So what do you do, Trisha? When I'm by myself, I think I read it in my head, which is maybe part of the problem. Hmm. Yeah. You probably have read it out loud to kids. Yes. Yeah. So just picture me and my dog at six in the morning. Just like <laughs> <laughs> It's a quiet house and I'm almost reluctant to break the silence, but then I can't figure out how the poetry is supposed to sound in my head. <laughs> so I'm just like reading it to Tuck <laughs> in a quiet bedroom because Charlie's at school right now. <laughs> Which is like a giant cartoon of Elizabeth. (laughs) But I like how you said sometimes you have to read it more than once. Out loud to figure it out. Often, several, several times. And some poetry is short and some poetry is long. So that doesn't necessarily mean if it's a long one that I have to read the whole thing out loud. But I have to start it out loud at least. And then I might finish it in my head. I mean, definitely some poetry is pages long. Um, But if I start it in my head, I'm like, Words, 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 words. That's what it sounds like to me. I can't get a point. I can't get a rhythm, either one. And I think it's it's really meant to be out loud. That's why there's rhythm to it. Um, we had to memorize two Robert Frost poems in senior English and say them to the class. And it was like everybody's most embarrassing, dumb moment of life. <laughs> and I was like, I was born for this. <laughs> But I can't tell anybody. <laughs> and I feel like the road not taken is just so overquoted, and everybody feels like it perfectly identifies with their life and their choices that they made that was different, which then makes me roll my eyes because I'm like, no, no, that's my poem. <laughs> and then so I don't want to tell anybody that I'm mad I just told you now, but. <laughs> That's mine, too. Oh, I'm so mad. I gotta, like, quit letting it be my poem. (laughs) But I do think it's, like, the first one that, as an earlier, that I was like, this feels important to me. And so maybe that's why it's just still special. But I feel like if you ever say you like poetry out loud, people are either like, ooh, (laughs) or they're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's tough for me because I'm like, well, I'm not going to talk about this to any of (laughs) y'all, but we're going to do a whole episode. So fantastic. Well, April is poetry month, which is why we had to do it. I told somebody that the other day and they just looked at me like I had three heads and I was like, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) I just randomly, somebody said something and I went, April's poetry month. And they were like, okay, (laughs) information, (laughs) but we had to, we had to bring it out. Um, Amanda, you said you're new to poetry. What made you decide you wanted to bring it into your life? Well, it was through homeschooling. And I came to the conclusion that it was important for my kids to learn that. And so I would just do it alongside them. And so we started just memorizing 
poems, and there's a program we use. It's IEW's Linguistic Development Through Poetry Memorization. And this is not just for kids or Mm -hmm. not just for homeschooling families. This is a great resource for anybody. I read a huge article about that last night. Oh, it's great. About how powerful it is. Yeah, I love it. And I think memorizing it initially, again, understanding is overrated. Andrew (laughs) Kern. Um, I think I haven't mentioned that since the first episode, but it certainly warrants repetition. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this and memorize it and just let the language wash over me. And I really believe language can change you. And I think it's been doing its work on me. So like slowly without noticing at first, and then you look up one day and you're like, oh, this matters to me now. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? And I think with art, whether it's paintings or beautiful music or beautiful language, I think familiarity breeds love mm-hmm. and the more you hear a piece over and over or study a painting, you develop a relationship with it. And so when you see it out in the wild, you know, oh, there's that friend I have. There's that song I'm familiar with. There's that beautiful painting. There's that poem that I know. And there's just something about that that is at the core of learning, I think, Mm -hmm. and especially art. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think it's pretty powerful. Trisha, if you don't enjoy it, why do you put it on your list every year? And not maybe don't enjoy it is an overstatement, but if it's not, not your fave. Because I think I believe that if I can find my inroad to it, I believe that there is a world of poetry that can add meaning and beauty to my life. Mm. So... I believe that's true. So I think that's just my way of making a goal of like, well, I'm going to just infuse a little bit of it into my life every year Mm -hmm. and hopefully eventually stumble upon some things that work for me. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. I like that. Just like, I believe in the idea. Let me just push through it until it catches. I, I think I find many good things that way. So, um, you know, let me, I want to throw something else in here. We were talking about needing to read a poem out loud Mm -hmm. and sometimes more than once to get a feel for the meter and rhythm and memorizing it and just ways to kind of get it in you because you have a belief or faith that it will that you will like it if you just find your way into it sometimes audiobooks of great performers reading it Mm -hmm. can really be helpful for all of those things we just mentioned Mm -hmm. and there's Audiobooks on Hoopla and Libby that we've checked out and used. For poetry. Yes. Yeah, cool. And during lockdown a couple years ago, Sir Patrick Stewart got on YouTube. And every day, did you see this? They were so good. He read a Shakespearean sonnet every day. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I really loved that. Yeah. So I have this quote here that says, Poetry, like any other form of artistic creation, is one of the pillars of the humanities. By the follow by following the paths of emotion, sensitivity, and the imagination, the poem transmits knowledge and human values. Better still, it shapes the human being, body, and soul. So, you know, maybe an overstatement, but I, I feel like, no, I kind of get this. Like, it is just another form of art. And you might like some mediums over other, but it is just another way of putting forth an idea 
and maybe it's beautiful or maybe it's painful and arguably those can be the same so some people find and i have found this too that just choosing one poet at a time to work through their work yeah just spending some time with that poet and their work I would totally it's, agree. It connects it's a good it. Way. It's a good way to get in. Yeah. Because they have, their styles are so, they fall into a style. And just like we were talking about, you have to read it out loud before you get it. So maybe working through a body of work, at least in a, a good chunk of it, would help to drive that in. of like, okay, I kind of get what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done that with a few, not really for that purpose, but just like it. It struck a mood in the same way that with music. I really like one artist for a while and I can't listen to anything else for a while. <laughs> it's so interesting that you said that because as I was saying, I would pick one book. So one year I picked Wendell Berry's Sabbath mm. collection Yeah, and read through that. And I enjoyed it. I mean, he's a magnificent writer and there was a lot of beautiful moments and times when I was just like, oh, this is just so gorgeous. And I would just, you know, I was just trying to enjoy it. But I think I did get bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when I've picked one poet. You're stuck then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I kind of feel like about halfway through the book, I'm like, oh, well. So I have wondered if it might be better for me to get some anthologies and yeah. try some different things. Sure. I have this one sitting here that I actually do really like that my family gave to me. Um, it's called Poems to Learn by Heart, and it was compiled by Carolyn Kennedy. And I was very late to the game with poetry with my kids. But when they were getting a little bit older, especially with Judah, we did read through um, a good bit of this book. And I would just read one with them. Like when we were doing our nighttime read aloud, then I would pick one of these poems and we would read it together. Oh, and, neat. Um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy that. And they're by all different um, authors and all throughout time from, you know, really old to really recent. And I did really enjoy that. So I think this may be the poetry book I have enjoyed, enjoyed the most. That's neat. But it's a poetry book, you know, really compiled for children and for children to memorize specifically, um, which I think has also made me like, what does that, what does that mean about me? Uh, <laughs> the poetry book I've liked the most has been one compiled for children to I, memorize. No. Like, I don't know. Our go-to quote, I yeah. feel like, is is applicable here of, well, you know, for kids, for whoever. Yeah. You mean the C.S. Lewis yes. quote? <laughs> yes. 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 Back to C.S. Lewis. Um, <clears throat> yeah. This is, I mean, good language and beautiful imagery and big ideas is a human thing. Yes. So I think it's a marketing thing or just how our society thinks all kids need to learn X at this age and then they're done and then they go to Y and mm-hmm. they learn that thing at the next yeah. stage. Amanda so and I both, both showed up with, I didn't even know this was a series, Poetry for Young People. So mine is a Robert Frost version and yours was what? Emily Dickinson. Yeah, I didn't even know that I don't, I don't know where I even got this book. I've had it since Trenton was little. And this is seat done in seasons. So we like to kind of first day of a new season pick a poem. Just like, Neat. oh, it's the first day of spring. Let's see what we have. Or, oh, it's the first day of winter. Um, and that was just kind of a way that we got into it. Nate's has started a new language arts program where they memorize. And we started with a four-word 
or a four-line poem this week. And he thought, well, this is fun. And we practiced saying it like, sadly, and then happily, and then like different ways. And then was like, okay, now where do you think it needs to be? And it was just, it was just a fun for no reason exercise at all, except that it was enjoyable and it maybe opened the door for him for poetry. And this one was like a silly something. It was just like, I wake up and I sing and I sing and I sing. was like how it ended. Oh yeah, I know that <laughs> You know that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he thought it was, he ended up thinking it was funny, but like also I don't know what word he came up with. Something like purposeful, like you decide you're going to have a good good day. And I thought that was kind of a neat thing to pull out of a little four-line silly poem that we said over and over. Just like, I'm going to have a good day today kind of a thing. But I think also we gravitate towards poetry for children. Oh, because they need it. And then maybe we'll get into it too. But if a love does connect in, there's certainly things that are not like not great reads for kids a friend of mine I just saw the most beautiful book cover in her office and picked it up and it was what kind of woman by Kate Bear and she said oh yeah my daughter's been reading that lately because she liked the cover and I peeked through it and I was like oh you might not want her to read all of this but this is beautiful. Like, this is powerful. It was a young, young kid, though. But um, as a woman, I was reading it going, oh, you have attached intimate, real things about life into this short little quip that it's almost a joke of, like, it wasn't small. It wasn't meaningless. I mean, they were sad and heartfelt and, like, painful poems, honestly, that would not be for children, but this was a woman just writing things out. And so she goes through different emotions, and it a woman would read it and go, been there, been there, been there, you know. That's neat. Yeah, how there's poetry for any emotion. Mm-hmm. Just like the book of Psalms, there's Psalms, which poetry, prayers for any, sure. you know, large category of things that you might experience and want to express. And so I think how Nate woke up with that poem he has memorized. And I wake in the morning early mm-hmm. and the very first thing. Mm-hmm. And I sing and I sing and I sing. But I love the contrast of what it offers. It offers a silly, sweet kids memorization tool. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, one of one that I read in this book was honestly dealing with rape culture, which is not a young person's thing we mm-hmm. want to really be saying, here, this is going to be a great one for you to memorize for your homeschooling. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. But it was beautifully done and powerful. And so I just loved that contrast right there of like, all of this is poetry. And sometimes we get one vision for poetry. We get spring and children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Shel Silverstein, but, but there is more. There's more, yeah. So if you're like me and you have not really found your door into poetry, what do you guys suggest? Um, I liked this 100, 101 Great American Poems, and it was put out by American, Liter- American Poetry and Literacy Project. And it goes through like three to eight of different famous poets. So you get to see short body of works, not body of works. But you work through Longfellow. And so this would be like, if I know nothing about poem, educate me quick. 
And I do not say read them in order. I say open it up, scan some words and go, I don't want to read that one. Scan some words. Oh, I want to read that one. That's how I do. And so this little short book sits on my nightstand and at random, I'll open it up. And then when I start seeing that I've mostly read them and I'll put it up, I'll put it up. Some of them I've read before, but I've not read it in a long time. So I'll go on and read it anyway. But it's just, it strikes me as a moon. Now that does not sound like a Trisha way to live life. I was just going to say, when you said don't read it in order, I just was being self-aware and I had, <laughs> I had this like little stomach clench. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but that's probably good. Like, because poetry is a free flowing art form. Mm-hmm. So it's probably good for me to approach it mm-hmm. in a less organized, mm-hmm. systematic way. I would also go to YouTube and look up spoken word poetry and just watch some people perform their own, you know, small no-name people perform their own art. Um, Because that can be really neat, too. And then you're not doing the work of figuring out the rhythm and all that, too. But you are getting to see a taste of what someone's art might look like. Yeah. Um, So Elizabeth's saying read it. Read it, but Read also it. listen to it. Read yeah. and listen. And we've talked about memorizing it. <clears throat> and you don't have to have a program for doing that. You can just pick any, you know, good quality thing. I up wonder and just if for Trisha it. the trick might to be to find the first one that you did connect to a little more before you try to memorize it. Yeah. Yeah, you want to connect to it, but also the act of memorizing it when you're on the other side, you connect to it more then also. And then thirdly, so that was three, read it, read and listen, memorize it. And I would say learn, learn about poetry. So I wanted to do that. So I was like, kids, we're doing a course on on this because it it was what I wanted to do. And it is The Grammar of Poetry by Matt Whittling. And I don't care that it's for kids. I wanted to learn this myself. And so I went through this course. It's a short thing. And he has you writing poetry as well. And I found that to be such a deepening experience for my appreciation and love for it when I understood kind of the inner workings a little bit better because I did have the impression that it was just so frou-frou and just all about feelings Mm -hmm. and there's just no like rhyme or reason to it but there is and there's such a craft to it and that really helped me respect it more and appreciate it on a different level and the course was so easy and fun and Again, this is a human thing. It doesn't matter if you homeschool or not, or have kids or not, or if you're a woman or a man. It's just a human thing. So I found that to be a really helpful tool for me to just dig into it a little bit. And I just love it so much more now. But that's probably not for everybody, but it was really wonderful, a lovely experience for me. I could see that as a, I want to know why, I want to, you know, and maybe if someone needed structure to not just adventure into it, but I'm, I'm, I'm forcing myself. So I need some structure kind of a thing, how that might be a good way to, and then also if you do love it, then pour into this study. Um, I also think going back and reading about that poet's life and why they were, they tend to write about certain things, um, can help 
well, this is the life they lead. This is where they found beauty. This is where they saw importance and felt like it wasn't being spoken into the world. I think that can somehow help connect to it also of like they wanted to put this message in the world and this is the way they chose to do it and if you read just short little summaries of different poets life you can come to like oh this was really hmm interesting i like what you're saying elizabeth about reading it that there's different types of poetry there's like you've said very romantic capital r very nature oriented there's there's a lot of narrative poetry out there, which was an easier inroad for me. Give me an, a plot and a story to it, and that helped me get into it. Or maybe one of these other types that you've mentioned might be something easier. If you find the right type of poetry, that might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are all really good thoughts. I'm going to I'm gonna think about this. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that there's nothing in the world that's so great that it has to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. That's why we have different mediums of art. Um, because one person is going to feel really connected to this one way of viewing an idea or an emotion where someone else isn't. So, I will say, what other idea might be have a poetry tea time with some friends? Ooh. <laughs> you just went all the way. <laughs> I went, yes. I was like, oh, yeah. So just get some fun drinks and snacks or skip it. And just get poetry books from the library or on, is it poetryfoundation.org? I don't it's know. It's a great website. Yeah, poetryfoundation.org. There's a ton of free poetry there. YouTube, whatever sources you want. And you just say, hey, let's sit down for 15 minutes for an hour. And let's just read poems we come across to one another. You just read out loud to one another. It's really fun. I think I would actually enjoy that. We've actually, you know, we have been doing book club for, it started in 2009. So we just had our, what, 13th anniversary. And we have talked about doing a poetry night oh, where everyone brings poetry. It's and time. It. And oh, we've never done it. That's, yeah, that's funny. Huh. Yeah. Gotta happen. All right. We gotta put, add it to the list. I can't skip that one. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay. Do y'all want to read a little bit? Did y'all bring some? Sure. Amanda, do you want to go first? Okay, one of my favorites is The Eagle by Alfred Lord Tennyson. It's very short, but I love how he paints the picture. He clasps the crag with crooked hands, close to the sun in lonely lands. Ringed with the azure world, he stands. The wrinkled sea beneath him crawls. He watches from his mountain walls. And like a thunderbolt, he falls. I like it. Mm, I like that Love too. It. See, I hear other people read it. And I'm like, that's so great. Maybe it's something that you just enjoy, like live, not want to be a part of in that way. I think that is perfectly fine. It's an experience. So Brett yeah. loves poetry. I wonder if it's a it's a qualification of being a four. It is. Um, but he is really into more modern poetry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is a book called i wrote this for you please find this by ian s thomas and every page has a photograph and a little poem and sometimes they're really short and so i have enjoyed picking this up and just flipping through it at times but i really like this one it's called the awol hearts and the picture is of like an alley with a white bicycle and it says this 
Let's play hopscotch in malls. Let's drive fast with the top down. Let's turn up the music as loud as it'll go. Let's put a couch on an island in the middle of the freeway and wave at everyone on their way to work. <laughs> Let's hug strangers in parking lots. Let's hand out secret messages at traffic lights. Let's make lists of all the things that make us smile and tick them off one at a time. The world will carry on without you and me when we're gone. Let it carry on without us today. Oh, I like that. Aww, that's I like lovely. That a lot. Yeah. A lot of joy in that one. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Anna, don't take yourself too seriously. You might miss the actual point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mine is Carl Sandburg. I am the people, the mob. Oh, boy. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I even, like, debated about this, but I thought it might be a contrast to what else is brought, so I'm, d- I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> I am the people, the mob. I am the people, the mob, the crowd, the mass. Do you know that all the great works of the world is done through me? I am the working man, the inventor, the maker of the world's food and clothes. I am the audience that witness history. The Napoleons come from me and the Lincolns. They die. And then I send forth more Napoleons and Lincolns. I am the seed ground. I am the prairie that will stand for much plowing. Terrible storms pass over me. I forget. The best part of me is sucked out and wasted. I forget. Everything but death comes to me and makes me work and give up what I have. And I forget. Sometimes I growl and I shake myself and I spatter a few drops of red for history to remember. Then I forget. When I, the people... Learn to remember when I, the people, use the lessons of yesterday and no longer forget who robbed me last year, who played me for a fool, then there will be no speaker in all the world. Say the name, the people, with any fleck of sneer in his voice or any far-off smile of derision. The mob, the crowd, the mass will arrive then. Do you like it? Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like yeah. no matter where you lie in politics, you can remember that that person next door to you is the same as you and mm-hmm. that you could do so much more if you could have a conversation with them. Yeah. Like, like when did he write that? Does it say the year? So he's a contemporary. It doesn't say the year of this mm-hmm. poem. He's a contemporary of, um, oh, here's his, his life. It's 1878 through 1967. He mm-hmm. wrote a lot of Lincoln stuff, a lot of Chicago stuff. I think he's from Chicago. But I love him. Oh, that's very timely. It is. Even well, this is timely in any time you yeah. ever lived in. Yeah. If you are a student of history, you see over and over mm-hmm. and over again. People are people, and they are fighting against each other instead of with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that poem so much because it reminds me my enemy should be on my side, and I should be on theirs, and that we might do a lot more then. Mm. That's lovely. It's amazing. Do you want me to leave this? Sure. <laughs> I loaned it to another friend recently. I, I think, well, maybe it wasn't this one. Might not have been this one actually, but this one has Emily Dix- Dickinson. It has Robert Frost. It has I don't even know who Edward Arlington Robinson is. 
And tell everybody again what book it you're It is 101 to. Great American Poems, the American Project, put out by the American Project. I'm sorry, I keep saying that wrong. The American Poetry and Literacy Project. And I got this at a thrift store or a yard sale, one or the other. It was like less than a dollar. And I have kept it so long and just... Sometimes I just put it back on my nightstand, and then I won't read it from it for years, and then I'll just put it back out. So, Love it. Well, happy Poetry Month, everybody. What's been your experience with poetry? What are some resources you recommend? What are your favorite authors, some of your favorite poems? Do you have advice for people like Trisha, one who is looking for a way in and wants to enjoy it but hasn't quite found the click yet for them? Let us know. We'd love to hear all your thoughts about it. All right. That's it for today, fellow poets. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Trisha. I'm Amanda. I'm Elizabeth. Happy poetry reading. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe to Book Fair Podcast. Join our Facebook group, find us on Instagram, or email us at chat at bookfairpodcast.com. And don't forget to tell a friend.